Across the country and around the world, across the street and around the corner, this is Over the Culture. This is Over the Culture Podcast, where you get to hear my spin on things I like, like music, sports, sports entertainment, movies, TV shows, and your mom. You also get to hear about things I don't like, like messy bitches. And I am your ambassador of ceremonies, the one gig kid, Pat Stay Black, Alex for Black, Reefer Sutherland, Luke Fly Talker, the most interesting blurred in podcasting, the troller of trolls, the prince of petty, Steve G. This is Over the Culture, and you know what I don't fucking like? Like, if I'm talking to a person, and while I'm talking to this person, uh, instead of looking at me, i.e. the speaker they look at a third party they look at another person in in the room they they share eyes and when that type of skullduggery fuckery heckling jekyllin cackling bullshit happens i peep that shit i be peeping that shit and i be peeping that shit and i know i can make a mountain out of a molehill i'm guilty of it virgo shit real Virgo shit, uh, and it's like, you know, I peeped it once, alright, maybe, maybe it's just me, if I peep that shit more than once, alright, it becomes fuck you, and that's when I feel obligated to call that kind of shit out, and that's the type of shit that catches motherfuckers off guard, because they don't expect that shit, and I love catching motherfuckers off guard, I love the troll trolls, I love being petty with a good cause. You can use petty for good. You can use petty for really bad things. And you got to be careful. It has to be handled with proper proper care, that petty. But yeah, if I feel like someone's on some fuck shit with me, all bets are off. No. Nah, 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 doggy. You you can't get away with that shit. I can't let that slide. Like, I let it slide once. I can't let it slide twice. Right there in my face. Not even trying to be discreet about the shit. Not even trying to be covert about the shit. Motherfucker, while I'm talking to you, you start looking at someone else like, what the fuck? What kind of shit are y'all on? All bets are off. Play with the devil, you get the horns. And I'm the type of person, I don't fuck with people. As a general rule of thumb, my motif for the most part is fuck people. And if I bring myself to you, around you, and consider you a friend, if I even consider you an associate, if I even bother using my time to talk to you. Appreciate that shit. Don't disrespect that shit. Because I'm the type of person, if I fuck with you, I fuck with you. 100,000%. I'm not no 50-50 nigga. No 70-30 nigga. No 40-60. I'm not a 50, 30, and 20 type nigga. Nah, nigga, I fucks with you. Bitch, I fucks with you. Ho. So when I feel like you've kind of betrayed me, oh, you can eat all kinds of dicks. Eat a whole heap 
of bags of dicks. And once those petty pants are on, oh man, oh, it's not going to be pretty. I feel so sorry for your mother. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. And if the shoe fits, wear it. But I am talking about a specific individual, actually two individuals. And I know that you listen to my show from time to time. Now, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire. Now, if we want to discuss whatever the fuck you were sharing eyes about while I was talking to you, we could talk about that. But until then, be great, be merry, be well. Now, quite a few things happened over the past week. J-Lo and A-Rod, call it quits. They broke off their engagement. And that damn J-Lo, Thanos, I call her. And (laughs) when are you guys going to get it? Just wait. When are you going to get it through your thick skulls? I'm an exception. I used to play for the Yankees. I'm going to be here for the long haul. (laughs) Uh, Go sit down next to Mark Anthony and uh, Sean Combs. Man, I'm not a J-Lo guy. Back in the day, I used to think she was fly. She was a fly girl. But uh, the the clout and the excess attention that is given to her, uh, it's just, uh, I seem better. If that's what rocks your boat, a hey, be my guess. Ahoy, matey. But she's no Selena, I tell you that. Lord, you took away Selena and you left us with Jennifer Lopez. Steve, why do you you sound like a hater? Why do you what did Jennifer Lopez do to you? Nothing. I just I'm not impressed. I never was. Acting, uh your music, meh. You get a passing grade. You're like the friends of uh that, whatever you do. You're the you're the actress singing living embodiment of the sitcom friends you just uh you just do enough you got these uh notable names somewhat and uh you're broadcast on a major network every thursday night um you have enough notoriety uh and you've been with a couple or quite a few celebrity people. I don't know. On the next across the lines. So, hey, smooth sailings for both of you, Jennifer Lopez, Alex Rodriguez. Best of luck. Now, All Star Weekend. No, no, before we even get to All Star Weekend, Stacey Dash, this punk ass she wants a pass she wants to come back to the picnic she wants to know if anybody left a seat open for her old stacy dash good old clueless herself (sighs) so uh 
that whole bedwitching thing, it hasn't been working out. This hasn't panned out well, huh? So now you want to reclaim your blackness. Bitch, get all the way the fuck out of here. She's open to dating black men again. Bitch, when did you ever date black men? Zaddy is not doing it for you anymore. Is uh, the wallet's dried up for you? Not getting those invites to the gales anymore? No more Fox News checks coming your way, Stacey Dash. Fuck. Some Negroes, you just gotta leave them where they are. You just do. And it's just pathetic. What a bad PR move. Why, why are we even interviewing this bitch about her bad decisions in life? Who are you? You're a fucking BET TV movie after school special at best. I just, I, I've seen the error in my ways and I just, you know, I, I was, I was very angry and I just didn't, um, I like, bitch, who gives a fuck? And even if you were somebody, like, why do we give a fuck? Everybody makes bad decisions for the most part. You're Stacey Dash. We know you made bad decisions, bitch. Write a book. Who cares? And no, you can't come to the picnic, bitch. You made a valid decision to put yourself on this lonely island. So cast away, skipper. So HBO Max has this documentary on Woody Allen and that whole debacle. It's called Pharaoh and Allen or Allen and Pharaoh. And I've been watching it. It's a mini series and it's uh, very eye opening. He is a very disturbed man. And uh, I was never a fan of Woody Allen and never cared for his movies because once again, he is the friends of directors. I mean, you have all of these movies set in New York. Where are the fucking black people? Did you find the the widest crevices of Manhattan where no white where no black people exist? No Puerto Ricans. It's just all of these white people and their narratives and their stories. Uh, and uh, sitting at a uh, dinner table drinking coffee laughing and, and giggling and smiling in each other's faces oh my god but it, yeah it's very interesting and I I say anyone who just likes mess uh, you don't have to be a Woody Allen fan because I'm totally not and uh, yeah man it, it's uh I, I feel it's worth your time. It's not like you're having to come out of pocket to go in a theater to watch this shit. But I have a buddy who is an avid Woody Allen fan. He tries to uh, send me articles and things of that nature about his movies and shit. And I never gave a fuck about Woody Allen. And I tried to be as clear and concise as possible. Uh, like, I... I, I get it. You're in the film and shit. And uh, send me some Spike Lee shit. He he was a film guy in New York. Why don't you want? Oh, you want to talk about Woody Allen some more? And uh, you know you gotta be careful what you say about Woody Allen around certain people because uh, he I, I, he uh, yeah. There are people who will go to war about their goddamn Lord and Savior Woody Allen, and uh, they are adamant about his innocence. Um, here's my thing. Let's say the man isn't a child dealer and we cannot get over 
the fact that the motherfucker actually does look like one though we can't ignore that i mean let's say he's been wrongfully framed and portrayed in the media a certain way um let's just live with that bag of shenanigans okay but if it looks like a duck walks like a duck and wears buckled shoes that kid's a child diddler that guy's a child dealer. I'm sorry. Not sorry. The the big bifocal, thick frame glasses, uh, the disheveled look like he just got done jerking off to a fucking uh, Agatha Christie novels. And Velcro on his shoes. Uh, just the whole get up, bro. If, if you looked in Webster's, Webster's Dictionary for Child Diddler, uh, and if they had an image for it, the motherfucker would look like a sketch or a caricature of Woody Allen. Like, hey man, if you don't diddle kids, how about you switch up your whole getup? Because your whole approach looks very disturbing. It like you look like the prototype of the motherfucker that's on Don't to Catch a Predator. I'm Chris Hansen. Please have a seat. Well, I was just here to, you know, uh, read her bedtime stories. Well, it says here uh, on AOL Messenger that you wanted to lick her ass like a Tootsie Roll pop. She's only 12 years old, sir. Oh, well, I was just, uh, well, it was a metaphor for one of my scenes. I was just trying to do some reenact. Oh. Sir, sit back down. Oh, I'm sorry. I gotta go. Uh, yeah, man. But yeah, be careful. Be careful what you say about some damn Woody Allen around certain individuals. You gotta know your audience. And, uh, you know, this Megan and Harry shit... Uh, I didn't watch the damn interview, don't care to, because I really don't, I don't know, o Oprah, she's on the fence her goddamn self, and w w when are you going to have a special on you, Oprah, about all the fuck shit and shenanigans and all the bed winching and fucking big mama's house mammying that you've been doing to protect and serve white zaddy? When are you going to have a special on that, Oprah? That, that's the one I'll, I'll be tuned in for. I'll put that on the DVR, even though I don't even have fucking cable. But I'll DVR that shit. I'll get cable and DVR it just because that'll be the biggest fucking special you'll have, in my opinion, Oprah. When are you going to talk about that? When are you going to let the cat out the bag? By the way, when are you going to let people know that you like cat and Stedman is just a pawn? He's your beard. And that's fine. I, I'd, I'd like to see those... I like to see those leaks. You and Gail, the snail, for the lickety split. Scissor sisters, scissor sisters. Yeah. But this whole Megan and Harry shit, are we surprised, people? Are we shocked? Seems like Megan is. Miss Megan Markle. The fuck? Your Majesty, Your Highness, whatever the fuck? This is what you signed up for, Meghan Markle. This ugly-ass, decrepit family has a history of racism. 
I mean, they're stationed in England. Uh, and I mean, I don't know how far this lineage has been. Uh, possibly back since the fucking George Washington times, even before that. I don't care to know about their history. Uh, I, I'm angry at the fact that I know of the amount of information I do have on these motherfuckers. I shouldn't even know it. Don't care. But you know what, Megan? I, the world's smallest violin is playing for you right now. Um, because I'm not shocked. What would you expect? You, you thought they were just going to accept you and your, your family and your black child with open arms? Look at these motherfuckers. They had issues with Princess Diana and she was white, white. Blonde hair, blue eyes, and she was fly. And that didn't sit well with that ugly ass family. Oh my God. She's bringing attractiveness into our fucking clan. Oh, we must do something about this one. And you're, and she's an attractive sister, Meghan Markle. She's, yeah, she's cute. So that doesn't sit well, double whammy. You're a cute young sister and you're black. And you're a sister, yeah. So that was big news. A lot of people were talking about that in Pearl Clutching while the All-Star game and the events were going on. And what a snooze fest that was. The damn All-Star game and the dunk contest. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? Yawn? They had the dunk contest during the halftime. This is probably, it was one of the weakest fucking dunk contests ever. Quite possibly the weakest. There were only like, what, three people participating? And Blake Griffith is with the Brooklyn Nets now. Talking about a stacked deck, man. If the Lakers can beat this team, oh my God. What what, what are y'all going to do, LeBron Anthony Lakers? First of all, are you going to get Anthony back soon enough to be ready for this shit? What a team, man. It was bad enough. You had Kyrie and KD. Then you add Harden. And then you got Blake Griffin. And I know Blake Griffin and Kyrie can be fragile. But when they're all together performing, it's not going to be easy, man. And Dak Prescott finally gets the contract that he feels he's deserving of. Four-year, $160 million. And I know a lot of my Cowboys fans are happy, they're pleased, and especially my black Cowboy fans. uh, The fact that this black quarterback is uh, getting that big bag. Um, and I say, slow your horses. Let's uh, simmer down now. The man has only won one playoff game. He's, uh, as of now, no Russell Wilson, in my opinion. Uh, as of now, he's definitely no uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, and th- throughout this whole debacle, uh, you know, man, Dak, man, you know, give him the contract, Jerry. Just, have, just give him what he needs. Give him the numbers that he needs. And I mean, the man hasn't won a Super Bowl. What the fuck? The Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl since '96. We're talking like this is a MVP candidate player. 
you know, his rookie year, I think he was the MVP candidate, but still, he didn't win it. This isn't Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. This isn't even Eli Manning as of now. Shit. Get us at least to the NFC Championship. I'm glad that you're back, Dak, but damn. Go Cowboys. I'm going to talk about Me Against the World by Tupac Shakur. It was released on this day in 1995, March 14th. And man, we just lost Marvelin Hagler. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. What the fuck, man? They saying that he just took the vaccine and he was in ICU dealing with the after effects. So first we lose Hank not long after taking the vaccine and then Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Once again, reminder that I should not be in a rush to get this shit. I have no current plans of getting it anytime soon and y'all need to correct these things because we're losing legends we should still have Hank Heron we should still have Marvin Hagler Day in sports history. In 1954, Milwaukee Braves future home run king Hank Aaron homers in his debut exhibition game against the Boston Red Sox. In 1956, 50 year old baseball pitching star Satchel Paige signs a contract to play for and manage the Birmingham Black Barons of the Negro National League. In 1960, Philadelphia center Wilt Chamberlain sets an NBA playoff record of 53 points in the Warriors' 132 112 win over Syracuse Nationals at Philadelphia Civic Center. In 1961, former New York Yankees general manager George Weiss becomes the first president of the New York Mets after the MLB expansion franchise is formed. In 1962, Red Wings forward Gordy Howe becomes the second player in NHL history to score 500 career goals in Detroit's 3-2 loss to the New York Rangers. In 1967, the NFL draft is held. Michigan State defensive end Bubba Smith is the first pick by the Baltimore Colts. In 1972, NBA Cincinnati Royals are plagued by poor home attendance and announce they are moving the franchise to Kansas City. In 1978, NFL permanently adds a seventh official, a side judge. In 1987, New York Met Daryl Strawberry charges Red Sox pitcher Al Nipper during spring training exhibition game, causes a bench-clearing brawl. In 1992, New York Met Daryl Boston, Vince Coleman, and Dwight Gooden are accused of rape. And that was my half-assed sports report. come back we're going to go over Tupac Shakur's album Me Against the World as it was released on this day in 1995. We'll be black after these messages. On today's birthdays from March 14th, happy 24th birthday to American gymnast Simone Biles. Turning 33 today is everyone's favorite point guard, Steph Curry. Happy 51st birthday to American basketball player and actor, Grandma Ma himself, Larry Johnson. Happy 55th birthday to American actress and producer, Elise Neal. Fine! Happy 73rd birthday to American comedian, actor, director, producer, and screenwriter Billy Crystal. Turning 88 today is both English actor and author Michael Caine, and American singer, songwriter, trumpet player, and producer Quincy Jones. 
Rise and paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy Blind to the tears, cry deaf to their tongue All but dust before the day is done Who will see the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy When they call and the curtain falls You're fortunate if you can see anything at all how did we get so far out of touch? Never did the earth feel a heart bleed so much. Standing at the brink and we still ain't learned a lesson. Now we diving head first in the Armageddon. Too far gone to ever undo the damage. Face it, mankind just been a plague on this planet. Fanning the flames of our own self-destruction. You try one of people, but you can't tell them nothing. Death dumb and blind by their own selfish greed. If I give something to you, then it's not enough for me. It would be something to see. Humanity at its best. Take a good look inside the vanity of the West. I've never been impressed by your marvelous jewels Cause while your plate is full, they starve in the dark full Can you be so sure about your fate once we're through? What it do? Tell me how will history remember you? Who will see the crimson paint the sky? Sinners in the hands of an angry guy Blind to the tears, cry deaf to their tongue All but dust before the day is done Who will see the crimson paint the sky? Sinners in the hands of an angry guy When they call and the curtain falls and if you can see anything at all Shadow boxing with the devil every day Giving him the little kid gloves Keeping him at bay The scary thing is I don't even know my face So I'm praying Maybe I can make it through the gate Satan still trying to sucker punch me in the face And it's mine over matter Keep him in his place A citizen in the city is sin Shit is everywhere No matter what city you in Did you know the human brain Is insensitive to pain Some of the people you come across Are insane Every day it's a brand new trial For thieves, murderers, rapists, and pedophiles I just watched on the 10 o'clock news Another teenager just shot up in school More lives thrown into the cesspool So don't become another victim of the next fool Who will see the crimson paint the sky? Sinners in the hands of an angry guy Blind to the tears, cry deaf to their tongue All but dust before the day is done Who will see the crimson paint the sky? Sinners in the hands of an angry guy When they call and the curtain falls You're fortunate if you can see anything at all Why do we have war? Good for the rich, bad for the poor Are we trying to rewind or fast forward? Maybe after all the world dies from radiation We can start talking about mind elevation Always complaining about what's cooking in the pot But they're starving in the Philippines So finish what you got The powers that be, they want to force you to choose But when you got nothing, you got nothing to lose They're talking about doing, but all they doing is talking Dragging their feet till they relieved of office And now all the innocent blood is mixed in with the mortar As they build their way through to a new world order This room at the top, they're telling you still But first you gotta learn how to smile when you kill If you wanna be like them folks on the hill Sign of shit and blood, yo, it's time to make a deal Who will? We'll see the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy Blind to the tears, cry deaf to their tongue All but dust before the day is done who will see the crimson paint the sky? Sinners in the hands of an angry guy When they call and the curtain falls You're fortunate if you can see anything at all Who will see the crimson paint the sky? Sinners in the hands of an angry guy Blind to the tears, cry deaf to their tongue All but dust before the day is done Who will see the crimson paint the sky? Sinners in the hands of an angry guy When they call and the curtain falls You're fortunate if you can see anything at all Who will see the crimson paint the sky? Sinners in the hands of an angry guy Blind to the tears, cry deaf to their tongue All but dust before the day is done Who will see the crimson paint the sky? Sinners in the hands of an angry guy 
function And if you can see anything at all Who will see the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy Blind to the tears, cry them in its home All the dust before the day is done special mention to those no longer with us. This past Wednesday, we lost American sports broadcaster Joe Tate. Born Joseph Tate on May 15, 1937 in Evanston, Illinois, he was the play-by-play -play announcer on radio for the Cleveland Cavaliers of the National Basketball Association in both TV and radio for the Cleveland Indians of Major League Baseball. With the exception of two seasons in the early 1980s and illness during his final season, he was the Cavaliers radio announcer from the team's inception in 1970 through the 2010-2011 season. He won the Basketball Hall of Fame 2010 Kurt Gowdy Media Award. Tate had recently gone into hospice care following a lengthy battle with kidney disease and liver cancer. He was 83 at the time of his death. Just yesterday, we lost American professional boxer and film actor Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Born Marvin Nathaniel Hagler on May 23, 1954 in Newark, New Jersey, he competed in boxing from 1973 to 1987. He reigned as undisputed middleweight champion from 1980 to 1987, making 12 successful defenses of that title, and holds the highest knockout percentage of all undisputed middleweight champions at 78%, while also holding the third longest unified championship reign in boxing history at 12 consecutive defenses. At six years and seven months, his reign as undisputed middleweight champion is the second longest of the last century, behind only Tony, Tony Zale, whose reign included several years of inactivity during his service in World War II. In 1982, annoyed that network announcers often did not refer to him by his nickname Marvelous, Hagler legally changed his name to Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Hagler is an inductee of the International Boxing Hall of Fame and the World Boxing Hall of Fame. He was named Fighter of the Decade by Boxing Illustrated Magazine and twice named Fighter of the Year by The Ring Magazine and the Boxing Writers Association of America. In 2001 and 2004, The Ring named him the fourth greatest middleweight of all time and in 2002 named him the 17th greatest fighter of the past 69 years. The International Boxing Research Organization rates Hagler as the 6th greatest middleweight of all time, while BoxRec rates him the 29th greatest boxer of all time, pound for pound. Many analysts and boxing writers consider Hagler to have one of the most durable chins in boxing history, having been knocked down only once during the entire professional career, and the scored knockdown is still being disputed. On March 13, 2021, Hagler's wife Kay announced that Hagler had died unexpectedly at his home in New Hampshire. Details of how he died have not been released. He was 66. Wes Unseld was an American professional basketball player, coach, and executive. Born Wesley Cecil Unseld on March 14, 1946 in Louisville, Kentucky, he spent his entire NBA career with the Baltimore-slash-Capital-slash-Washington Bullets. Unseld played college basketball for the Louisville Cardinals and was selected with the second overall pick by the Bullets in the 1968 NBA Draft. He was named the NBA Most Valuable Player during his rookie season and joined Wilt Chamberlain as the only two players in NBA history to accomplish the feat. Unseld won an NBA championship with the Bullets in 1978. After retiring from playing in 1981,
You work with the Bullets slash Wizards as Vice President, Head Coach, and General Manager. Unsell was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 1988 and the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006. Unseld's wife, Connie, opened Unseld School in 1979, a co-ed private school located in southwest Baltimore. It has a daycare program, nursery school, and a kindergarten to eighth grade curriculum. Connie and daughter Kimberly serve as teachers at the school. Unseld worked as an office manager and head basketball coach. He was the godfather of Cleveland Cavaliers all-star forward Kevin Love, as Kevin's father, Stan Love, was a teammate of Unseld's on the Baltimore Bullets. His son, Wes Jr., became a basketball coach with the Denver Nuggets. On June 2, 2020, Unseld's family announced that he had died after suffering lengthy health battles, including most recently with pneumonia. He was 74 at the time of his death. Rest easy, y'all. This day in 1995, the album Me Against the World was released. Me Against the World is the third studio album by American rapper Tupac, released by Interscope Records. Drawing lyrical inspiration from his impending prison sentence, troubles with the police, and poverty, the album is described as being Tupac's most introspective album. According to Tupac, Me Against the World was made to show the hip-hop audience his respect for the art form. Lyrically, he intentionally tried to make the album more personal and reflective than his previous efforts. The musical production on the album was considered by several music critics to be the best on any of his albums up to that point in his career. Released while Tupac was in prison, Me Against the World made an immediate impact on the charts, debuting at number one on the Billboard 200, holding the top spot for four consecutive weeks and top R&B hip-hop albums chart. Dear Mama was released as the album's first single in February 1995 and would be the album's most successful single, topping the Hot Rap Singles chart and peaking at number 9 on the Billboard Hot 100. While Tupac was in prison, the album overtook Bruce Springsteen's greatest hits as the current best-selling album of the year in the United States. Me Against the World was eventually certified double platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. At the 38th Grammy Awards, the album was nominated for Best Rap Album, and Dear Mama was nominated for Best Rap Solo Performance. The album received generally acclaimed reviews by critics, being ranked among the best albums of the 1990s. In 2008, the National Association of Recording Merchandisers, in conjunction with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, included Me Against the World in its list of definitive 200 albums of all time. By 1994, Tupac Shakur, age 23, was already a prominent and controversial rapper. His second album, Strictly For My Niggas, Going Platinum, had entered the top 25 on the Billboard 200 and offered two gold singles, I Get Around and Keep Your Head Up, both entering the top 15 of the Billboard Hot 100. In rapid succession, however, he had become embroiled in one criminal allegation after another. All for incidents in 1993, Shakur was sentenced to 15 days of jail for assaulting director Alan Hughes while filming Menace to Society, had seen the charges dropped after he shot two off-duty police officers, and was sentenced to one and a half to four and a half years in prison with two other men sexually assaulting a woman. According to Shakur, Me Against the World aimed to show the hip-hop audience his respect for the art form. Shakur purposefully made Me Against the World's lyrics more personal and reflective than previously. This was widely attributed to Shakur's growing maturity and perhaps an effort to reconcile with his troubled past. Although originally released by Interscope, the album was later released twice by Amaru Entertainment, the label owned by Shakur's mother, Afini Shakur. The album was recorded at 10 different studios, and it was mastered at Bernie Grunman Mastering by Brian Gardner. 
Several critics found the album's musical production the best of any Shakur's albums to date. Regarding the album, Tupac said, Me Against the World was really to show people that this is an art to me, that I do take it like that, and whatever mistakes I make, I make out of ignorance, not out of disrespect to music or the art. So Me Against the World was deep, reflective. It was like a blues record. It was down home. It was all my fears, all the things that I just couldn't sleep about. Everybody thought that I was living so well and doing so good that I wanted to explain it. And it took a whole album to get it all out. It's explaining my lifestyle, who I am, upbringing and everything. It talks about the streets, but talks about it in a different light. There's a song on there dedicated to mothers, just a song I wrote for my mother. And it digs deeper like that. I just wanted to do something for all mothers. I'm proud of that song. It affected a lot of people. Often depicting the travails of male survival in the ghetto, prominent sentiments including anguish, despair, hopelessness, paranoia, and self-loathing. Such dark tracks, sometimes simultaneously menacing, are If I Die Tonight, Lord Knows, Outlaw, and Fuck the World. But there are exceptions. Nostalgic jubilance distinguishes old school, a roster his favorite rap songs with associated joys predating his adulthood, while bittersweet optimism occurs in It Ain't Easy. Can You Get Away aims to flirtatiously encourage and lure a romantic interest away from her current abusive relationship. In the track, most popular, Dear Mama is a reverent ode to his mother. Throughout the album, Shakur employs various political devices, such as alliteration and paired couplets. Me Against the World debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200, selling 210,500 copies in the first week. The album ended up holding the top spot for four consecutive weeks. The album also debuted at number one on the U.S. Top R&B Hip Hop Albums Chart, thus giving Tupac the first number one album on both R&B and pop charts. While Shakur was in prison, the album overtook Bruce Springsteen's greatest hits as the best-selling album in the United States, a feat which he took pride in. Shakur became the first artist to have a number one album while serving a prison sentence. On December 6, 1995, the album was certified double platinum for sales over 2 million copies in the United States. As of September 2011, the album has sold 3,524,567 copies in the United States. Tupac Shakur's virtual appearance at the annual Coachella Festival in 2012 led to the album selling 1,000 copies the following week. Me Against the World received critical acclaim. In a contemporary review, Chio H. Coker at Rolling Stone called the album Shakur's best and said it was by and large a work of pain, anger, and burning desperation. It is the first time Tupac has taken the conflicting forces tugging at his psyche head on. John Pirelli's writing in the New York Times called Shakur the St. Augustine of gangster rap due to his ambivalence towards the behavior and nature of the gangster lifestyle. Steve Huey of All Music noted that with Me Against the World, the rapper became markedly more confessional, reflective, and soul-bearing. Jaleel Abdul Adil of the Chicago Sun-Times stated that Tupac's latest also mixes toughness and tenderness. Desperation follows raw anger on Fuck the World, and it ain't easy, but most tracks confess frailties beneath the rapper's tough exterior. Dear Mama is a tear-jerking tribute to his mother. Lord Knows discloses desperate considerations of suicide, and so many tears ponders a merciless world that wrecks young lives. Tupac even includes a sorrowful shout-out to Robert Sandifer, the Chicago youth whose brief life ended in a brutal shooting. After earlier releases that lacked focus and consistency, Tupac finally presents a polished project of self-examination and social commentary. It's ironic that it arrives at his prison sentence begins. Happy 26th anniversary, Me Against the World. Thank you, Tupac Shakur. R.I.P.
So that wraps up another edition of Over the Culture Podcast. Make sure you check out my other show, Happening in the 90s with my buddy Matt G, every Thursday. And people, the moment someone shows you that they want to be on some trash, you got to leave their ass in the garbage. Y'all be cool. Peace. Wake up.